Warning, this episode contains adult language, mature situations, film-loving main characters, insanely eccentric producers, movie title shoutouts, new manga titles, and tons of film trivia. Remember to like, share, and subscribe. Listener discretion is advised. Episode 461, Pompo the Cinephile. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Spark and Manga Review, some podcasts and banging reviews about connectly enhanced narratives. I'm your host, Zan, saying konnichiwa, aloha, bonjour, and what's up? Hope all of you are doing well out there in internet land and hope things have been going good for you. Things have been pretty awesome for me so far. Been able to read a bunch of really good manga and been prepping for my stint as a feature panelist at Anime Boston 2022. Can't wait to talk about that and tell you more about that. But if you're joining us for the first time, welcome. Spirekin or some podcasts and vang reviews about connectly enhanced narratives is a geeky podcast where we talk about various nerdy topics depending on what you're listening to. Since it's the manga review, obviously we talk about manga. I tell you how the art style is, the overarching plot, the characters, the production quality, the availability of it, and most importantly, if it's worth investing your time in or not. You don't have to agree with anything that I or my co-hosts say, but we try to be educational, enlightening, exciting, and most importantly, entertaining. You can check out any of our earlier episodes at www.spirekin.com. We're also on YouTube.com forward slash Spirekin. We're on Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, Stitcher, Facebook, and various other social media sites. Just pretty much type in Spirekin in any search engine, and I guarantee you'll find us one way or the other. If you have any questions or comments or concerns, you can email me personally at Zan, that's X-A-N at Spirekin.com, or you can tweet me at Spirekin, or you can message me on Instagram at Spirekin. This Spirekin is the best way to catch me. And... If you enjoy what you hear, remember to support our Patreon. Help us create more fun content for you to enjoy. And hello to all the Society members. We're releasing a new exclusive podcast just for you guys. You have to check it out for that. And to find out about the four tiers, go to our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Spirekin. And one final thing. If you are someone who likes other podcasts, I am currently debuting on Convention Confessionals in a very special episode. So check that out conventionconfessionals.podbean.com I'm really happy with the episode. It was a lot of fun talking to Katie and I can't wait to maybe have her on this podcast. I'll have to wait and see on how that goes and I probably will be back on there. But we're not here to talk about other podcasts. We're here to talk about the Spark and Manga Review and more importantly, we're here to talk about the latest manga. And if you remember from the last episode, I spun that one, that only, the Wheel of Manga. And it dictated unto me that I'd be reviewing a manga that was written by Shogo Sugitani and published by Media Factory, which means it's brought over here by Seven Seas Entertainment. Yes, it's currently available. It was originally a Pixiv comic, so it was originally a webcomic that was brought to mind. It is a shoujo series that has a film adaptation that's coming out on April 27, 2022 in the United States. The original run was April 27th, and it's still coming out. There are six volumes. And the title for this series is Ega Daisuke Ponpo-san, or Ponpo the Cinephile. Now, Ponpo the Cinephile is to movies what Keep Your Hands Off Me Isaacin is to animation. It is a love letter to the media. It goes so in-depth, it's heartwarming. If you're not a fan of film... This one is going to make you a fan of film in unique ways and want to watch a bunch of films that you've never heard of before or come up with films that you enjoy. There are tons of references to actual movies, to film production, to actors, and there's tons of notes about the various films that are referenced. And it's really engaging if you are someone who's into film. We do these by our kid motion picture reviews, so we talk about films, so I get a lot of the references now especially since i review manga and movies and have to get into the aspect of film 
which it talks about. And this is something a little bit different because Pompo the Cinephile is focusing on Joelle Davidovich Pompo Pomponette. I think her last name actually is Davidovich. But she is this talented movie producer who looks like a young girl who was raised by her grandfather, the legendary producer Joel Davidovich Peterson, this super famous legendary producer who's made tons of film. And he actually raised Pompo to be the way she is. Uh, Her parents weren't involved and he ended up being there for her, making her the best film person she could be. At 10 years old, he made her explain differences in directing styles with the threat of no dessert if she doesn't answer. So in order to have her dessert, she ended up answering and learning how to analyze films. And she ended up having a great love for films. She doesn't really have a favorite film, but she appreciates so many of them. Like, she wants films that are things that focus on the director as a passionate film buff exploring their professional roots while also being under two hours because two hours or more it's a boring film because she was forced to watch a ton of those as a kid and 90 minutes is like her sweet spot but she tries and it's her running her studio and she's actually not the main character um she operates out of her studio in Nyaliwood get the joke Nyaliwood instead of Hollywood and she shoots these B-grade entertainment flicks that are really just kind of schlock that anyone can enjoy, but it makes her lots of money. And she's assisted by her assistant, Gene, who Gene is a true film buff. He loves film. He didn't have a lot of friends in school, but he studied film and he wrote notes about it. And he dreams of becoming a director and appreciating all of it. And he's constantly helping out Pompo with every little thing she wants to do. So one day... She gives him the opportunity to cut the trailer for her latest film, Marina, which is a garbage movie about giant lobsters attacking people. And it's starring her personal favorite actress, Mistia, who is an it girl who's this very famous actress that everyone loves. And she's kind of the darling of Pompos, uh, the Peterson Studios. But he ends up getting to cut the 15-second trailer, and he discovers a love for directing and cutting because he gets the opportunity to do this because he's amazing at it. And they say, okay, fine, you did amazing with this. Let's have you do the two-minute trailer. And then, through happenstance, he ends up becoming the director of a film that Pompo wrote called Meister, which is this 90-minute film about a conductor who, after losing his love for orchestra, finds it again in the Alps with the help of a young girl who ignites his passion for music. And it makes it amazing seeing him work on this. And it shows his love for film. And when we look at his favorite films, which are The Sting, Fight Club, and Taxi Driver, they're all these films that are difficult to capture with a simple synopsis. But they're more than that. And they all illustrate his want of his consciousness as an aspiring filmmaker. That he doesn't just appreciate the well-crafted works of cinema, but he has to identify and study the medium's turning points. The subversive films, the novel films, and the unexpected films. In all three of his films, there's something subversive or novel about each one. And he got these two which are made to fuel the love of film that you see, Taxi Driver and Fight Club. But then you have The Sting, which is this entirely other movie, which shows the elements. And it's kind of cool that every single character gets their favorite movie and gets an analysis about each one of them. 
And anyway, going back to the story, he's working on this film and he has tons of people helping him because it's a two-person film mainly. There's two major characters. The rest are just side characters. And it's this character named Martin Braddock, who's a recently retired actor who retired, quote-unquote, and it turns out that Mr. Peterson gets him back, so he's going to be the star of the film. He's this living legend and considered the world's greatest actor. Uh, his favorite films are all vehicles for Marlon Brando, Apocalypse Now, The Godfather, Streetcar Named Desire. And he's going to work on this film, but they need a young new lead. And the new lead is Natalia Woodward, this young girl who wants to become a movie star. It was working as a construction worker, not making a lot of money, and she ends up failing her first audition, and then Pompo sees her again and says, I like your look, but you can't act. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to quit your job, you're going to move in with Mystia, and you're going to follow her around. You're going to shadow her seven days a week. That's your job. And she's like, uh, but I got to live. He's like, don't worry about it, you're going to live with her. Turns out the apartment where Mystia lives is owned by the production company, so they get a nice apartment. Her and Mystia become friends. And also, Mystia is like teaching her how to be a good actress, and also reveals her dream to her, which is Mystia wants to produce a film that she's a lead actress in. And Mystia likes films that are starring French actress Isabella Ejani, while Natalia likes films which are set in early-era Europe and are more lighthearted, focusing on that simpler time we all know and love. And it's these individuals who work together to make a film. And it shows all the elements of making that film and how each one of them works hard to be the best they can be, and how this brings Gene out of his, yes ma'am, whatever you say ma'am, like when he becomes the director, when he's in charge of the film, he becomes a different animal, he's someone who's confident, and he scripts and makes this film that ends up winning him an Academy Award. <laughs> yes, the joke. He ends up winning an Academy Award. This is just the first volume. So it's going to be following them as they make film and all the things that happen. And, like I said, as someone who likes film, this is one that's really fun. And it's very informative, and it's totally geeky if you're a movie nerd. And the end of the manga actually has credits, like a movie credits, and they're all the staff who worked on it. So the author, Shogo Sugitani, and then some of the side writers and some of the side artists. It has their favorite films on each one. Like Shogo Sugitani likes Akatsu the Movie, Akatsu Music Award, the show where everyone gets an award, and Akatsu stars the movie. One of the secondary writers likes Godzilla 1954, The Rock, and something else. However, it's that attention to detail which makes this so unique and so intriguing. And I'm curious if the animated film does this also, where it has all the actors and shows their favorite films. I hope it does. But this is a love letter to cinema. And it's one, if you are a fan of movies, I highly recommend it. The art style is well done. And there's sequences, what you see as you're reading it, it's those moments in the film when he has that perfect shot. And it goes from this very chibi-esque style, where all the characters are chibi and lanky and look kind of cartoony, to the vision. And it looks like a scene from an anime. It's black and white, but you see it. It's like, how did the art go from that to, to like a sketch drawing to this perfectly illustrated and fully shaded character it's like looking in a mirror looking at that scene and seeing the beauty in it 
I'm not going to say much more about it because I'm going to spoil most of it because there's more going on and I'm not going to say it. But I have to give this a really, really, really fucking cool. It's inventive. It's an, it's different. And I think, and I know, this is one that's going to be remembered for a long time. And just like with Isaacin, this is one for a specific crowd and that's who it's for. And if you're a fan of that, you're going to love it. Even if you're not a fan of it, I think you'll get something out of it because there's tons of in-jokes, tons of anecdotal scenes that you can sympathize with and even relate to. If you've ever had a boss who's demanding or crazy, you can get and understand these scenes. I highly recommend it. And if you've ever read this, let me know what you think. Do you like it? Did you enjoy it? Did you hate it? Email me at zanspiker.com or comment in the show notes. Let me know what your thoughts are. And if you're excited for the movie, let me know. Because I really want to see this movie and I hope it's really good. We're going to see. The trailer so far has been interesting. And I do say interesting because it's focusing on Meister, the movie that they direct. And it's the trailer for the movie that he cut. So I'm like, okay, that's kind of cool. I hope this is going to be as good as the manga or maybe better. So anyway, let's get to the manga releases for the week. And this is from March 29th, 2022. We've got 14 new titles. Uh, Booty Royale, Never Go Down Without a Fight, Volumes 5 and 6. Failed Princesses, Volume 5. Hagani, I Don't Have Many Friends, Volume 20. Into the Deepest, Most Unknowable Dungeon, Volume 2. Machi Maho, I Messed Up and Made the Wrong Person to a Magical Girl, Volume 9. I'm surprised it's still going on. Made in Abyss, Volume 10. Skeleton Knight in Another World, Volume 8. The Dungeon of Black Company, Volume 7. The X-Drive Reincarnation Games, All Japan Isekai Battle Tournament, Volume 2. The Hero Life of a Self-Proclaimed Mediocre Demon, Volume 3. The Most Heretical Last Boss Queen from Villainous to Savior, Volume 1. UQ Holder, Volume 25. Wicked Trapper, Hunter of Heroes, Volume 1. And Witches, The Complete Collection Omnibus. Personally, I'm excited for the X-Drive Reincarnation games. Wicked Trapper, Hunter of Heroes, and, well, that's it for this week. Which of the ones you're interested in? Let me know, zanspiker.com, which of the ones you're most excited for. Again, as always, thank you for listening and subscribing to this podcast. I appreciate each and every one of you. Every message, every download I see gives me a little more incentive to keep going because I love doing this and I want to keep doing this until I'm an old man reading with thick, thick glasses having to look at large print manga. And I want to keep doing this and thank you so much. I love doing this and all of you are awesome. To all of my Patreon members, Hey Society members, you guys are doing awesome. Stay tuned for the latest and greatest secret podcast that's going to come out tomorrow stay tuned for that and remember to like share subscribe and let's get to that part you've all been waiting for and what are we talking about we're talking about that one that only the Yes, friends, the Wheel of Manga, except no substitute. Now, what is the Wheel of Manga? The Wheel of Manga is a Wheel of Fortune with 10 slots on it. What I've done is I've assigned a manga tile to each of the 10 slots. So when I spin that Wheel of Manga, whatever slot it lands on, that's the manga on review in the next episode of the Spyrokin Manga Review, episode 462. That is 38 episodes away from episode 500. So let's spin and see what we're going to review in the next episode, shall we?
Number eight. So in the next episode, I'm going to review a manga about a girl and a demon. We're talking about Girl from the Other Side. I've heard mixed about this series. haven't read it, though, so we'll see how it goes. But I'm excited to find out. Well, anyway, thank all of you for listening. You're all awesome. As usual, I'm your host, Zan. I'm Gonsville. Catch you guys next time, and keep reading manga. I'll see you later.